great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners again, and again express our appreciation for you to being there. It's encouraging to us to know that so many people want to hear God's Word and learn it more fully, and hopefully and prayerfully, in so doing, improve their lives, strengthen their faith, and try to be closer to what God wants them to be. That's encouraging to us. We do hear from many of you. Uh, I've run into many people in the Omaha area as I've gone around town and, and uh, had people come and visit with us at church services and say, you know, I've been listening to the program and I uh, wanted to come and check you out. Or telephone calls, or emails, so on. We're thankful to hear from all of you. And I know that there are many of you who listen regularly, every day, or close to it. And then there are others who may not be able to listen quite that frequently, but you listen regularly as you have the opportunity. And then there are others who are listening for the first time, and we're thankful for every single one of you. We appreciate the opportunity to serve God in this way by teaching His Word on this program. And ultimately, He gets the glory and that is our desire, to bring him glory by teaching his word accurately and effectively. We're thankful to have that opportunity. And we pray for, for you as you listen. We pray that you are learning. And we pray that as you're learning God's word better, that your faith is growing stronger. And that ultimately, you're going to come closer and closer to God. And eventually, all the way to him, his way through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Him openly, and surrendering to Him in baptism, at which point the blood that He shed on the cross is still 100% effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And then you can come up out of that watery grave of baptism, and baptism is an immersion. That's what the word baptizo in the original language means, immerse plunge, bury, dip, submerge. And as you come up out of that watery grave, just as Jesus came forth from the tomb, arisen, alive, as you come out of that watery grave of baptism, you're made alive spiritually. You were dead in your sins previously, but now you're alive spiritually. You come up reborn and you begin to live that new life in Christ. And we want to help you to do that effectively by, again, teaching you God's Word and helping you understand what faithful living is all about. At the end of the program today, we want to give you an opportunity to study the Bible on your own, in the privacy of your own home. We always offer this Bible study for free. We take care of the postage. We don't want you to send us anything. We want to help you learn God's Word better. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and at the end of the program, as we always do, we'll give you the information by which you can contact us and ask for that free Bible study, and we'll get it to you. So be ready for that. We're going to begin a new study today, and this is one that I really believe is pertinent to everybody. Some of you listening today probably really need this particular study. We're going to talk about forgiveness, but we want to talk about it in this particular study in a way that most people 
probably don't think about as much as they should. God can forgive someone as bad as you. Now, as I said, some of you listening today probably feel that you have lived such a bad life or maybe there's a particular point in your life where you did something that you think was so bad that it would be impossible for God to forgive you. God would not want to forgive someone as bad as you. God could not forgive you for doing something as bad as you did. I suspect there's somebody out there listening today who has felt that way, perhaps is feeling that way right now. I've run into a number of such people through my life. They believe they're basically unforgivable. In Luke chapter 1, in verse 37, Luke wrote, For with God nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. When we turn back to the Old Testament, we look in Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17. Jeremiah wrote, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Nothing too hard for God. Well, that's exactly what we read in Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. Nothing is impossible for God. He is all-powerful. That's what the word omnipotent means. And you say, well, yeah, I know that. If there is nothing impossible for God, if nothing is too hard for God, then he can forgive even you as bad as you've been. As bad as whatever it is that you believe you have done was, he can still forgive you, even someone as bad as you, no matter what it is in your life that you've done. God can forgive someone as bad as you. Ultimately, none of us are worthy of or deserving of his forgiveness. But there's no need for you to wrestle with a feeling of hopeless despair. And I know that there are many people who feel that way. Because they do feel that they've done something too terrible or they've lived a life that is too terrible for God to be willing to forgive them. But there is no sin which God cannot or is unwilling to forgive. If you will come to him in the proper way, seeking that forgiveness. 
Jesus was sent to the cross by the Father specifically because of your sins. Now, some might protest a little bit, and they might say, well, it was for the sins of all mankind. I know that. Of course it was. But you see, you need to make it personal. You need to get it down to the level where it relates to you individually and personally. Jesus went to the cross. God sent his son to that cross to die thereon because of your sins. Your sins is where it really becomes personal for you. Where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, on your account. He went to the cross for you because of your sins. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that was you. Because the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. That's you. You have sinned. You, because of your sin, have been dead in your sins. Jesus went to the cross so that you could have life so that you could be forgiven, so that you could have the hope of salvation. In Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, the Apostle Paul wrote, for when we, now he's using that pronoun we there as all-encompassing, all-inclusive. He's talking about himself, and every other human being who has ever lived or ever would live. All of those who are alive at that time for sure, but going all the way back to Adam and all the way forward to our time and beyond and until the time when the Lord comes again on the final day of judgment. When we were still sinners, Paul said, are, are still without strength, in due time, which means at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. You know, there may be some people out there, I suspect there are. Who, in fact, I've run into a number of people probably over the years who have, are pretty self-righteous. They think they're pretty good folks. And they might be rather haughty about it too. But again, going back to the third chapter of Romans, in verse 23, I reiterate all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and then moving ahead to the sixth chapter of Romans in verse 23 the wages of sin is death so all have sinned and because of that sin they're ungodly Paul says that when we were still without strength now what does he mean by without strength when we could do nothing for ourselves to remove the guilt of our sins. Basically, bottom line, boiled down, that's what Paul's talking about. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Ungodly. Not the godly. Nobody can be godly except through Christ. 
For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, Paul says. Yet perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Now again, make that personal. Christ died for you because of your sin. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did not go to that hill at Golgotha. He did not submit to being nailed to that cross and going through that humiliation of the people ridiculing him thereon. He did not submit to going through that barbarous, torturous death on that cross for anything other than God sent him there to be the ultimate sacrifice for your sins. To die there on your behalf so that you could have the opportunity, the hope of forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. God loves us that much. God loves you that much. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now here in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10, Paul tells us what that gave his only begotten son entailed. He sent him to the cross to die on that cross for the ungodly. While you were still sinner, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Look at verse 10. For if when we were enemies... Now, he's not talking here. Paul's not referring to us as being enemies of each other. He's not talking about one nation raising up arms against another nation and declaring war and thereby becoming enemies of that nation. He's talking about us being enemies of God. And you say, wait a minute, I'm not an enemy of God. I never have been an enemy of God. I love God. I believe in God. I always have believed in God. Ah. But when you're in sin, when you're living in sin, you're living in a state of rebellion against God. You are an enemy of God. But you see, Paul says, if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God. Now that word reconciled means to be brought back into a right relationship with God. God created us in his image, Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 through 28. But you see, when we sinned, then that ruined everything. When God first created mankind, he created mankind sinless and with a spiritual essence to understand the difference between right and wrong, the very concept of evil and righteousness. 
And when man sinned, he chose evil over righteousness, ungodliness over godliness. And that ruined the relationship with God. But through Jesus going to that cross and dying thereon, Paul says, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. We're our relationship, we have the opportunity to have our relationship restored through that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. If we will respond to that sacrifice in repentance and obedience, coming to God through Christ. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Oh, yes. Jesus went to that cross and died thereon for you because of your sins. Now, let's make sure we don't become haughty in this and self-righteous. A lot of times we, we may get the idea, and again, we get rather arrogant perhaps, and we think, well, I'm not as bad as that guy over there. You know, that, you see that, that woman over there? You know what she does? You know how she lives? You know what she's done? I'm not like her. Well, maybe not. In whatever specific sin she might be engaged in or might have done, might have committed, or that guy, maybe he's been a murderer. Maybe he's been some kind of terrible sexual pervert in the past. And maybe you've never done anything like that. But that's simply talking about specific sins. You need to come back to the reality, to the realization and admission that you still have been guilty of sin. And sin alienates you from God. Christ died for you because of your sin. Now, he died for that fellow over there who you might say, you're not as bad as he is. Or for that woman over there who you might say is, is, is the lowest of the low and you've never done anything like she's done. He died for her too. He died for that guy. And he died for you. And you, because of sin, are still guilty if you've not come to God for forgiveness properly. He died because of your sins and my sins and the sins of every individual. He died for the sins of your mama and daddy. As much as you love them and as much as you respect and revere them, and maybe they've already died and gone on physically, and you you just revere their memory. He died because of their sins, because they were sinners too. Everybody around you who's capable of understanding what sin is, guilty of sin. And every one of them are the ones that Jesus died for on that cross. He came to seek and to save the lost. Now remember that Jesus told the apostles in the night of his betrayal, in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what he came here for. 
In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 13, he said he did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Well, none can be righteous except through Christ. That's what he came for. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, this is a, <clears throat> this is a, uh, a, 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 a worthy, this is a true statement and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. Now that's the Apostle Paul speaking. He says he came to save sinners and then Paul says he's an apostle. He's a gospel preacher. And he says I'm the chief of sinners. Jesus went to that cross because of Paul's sins. Jesus went to the cross because of Peter's sins. Peter the apostle. Jesus went to the cross because of the sins of every one of the apostles. He went to the cross for the sins of his mother and father. He went to the cross for the sins of his brothers and sisters. He went to the cross for your sins. And however bad you think you've been, whatever horrible thing you think you've done, because God loves you enough to have sent Jesus to that cross to die on your behalf because of the guilt of your sins, if you will come to him, his way, God can forgive someone even as bad as you, however bad you think you've been whatever the reality of the wickedness in your life might have been or might still be, there's nothing that you can do, again, if you're properly repentant and submissive to the obedience that the plan of salvation spells out clearly for you. There's nothing that has been so bad or could be so bad in your life that God cannot forgive. Now we're going to stop here today. We'll come back next time and continue this study. And I encourage you, think about this truth. God can forgive someone as bad as you. In just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. You can ask for that free Bible study and you can begin to study about how God can forgive you right from his word. Don't pass up this opportunity. Let us hear from you right away.